Hey everybody, welcome back to Breakfast with Bob from the Challenge Championship as well as from the Collins Cup, which we have right here. We're brought to you by Master Spars Hyper Ice Form Smart Swim Goggles. You can hoka on a Clash USA and Challenged Athletes Foundation. Our next guest, only one of my favorite people on the planet, Mr. Lionel Sanders, who's crazy enough to have done basically two full Ironmans, what, a month apart. How you doing, Lionel? Uh, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> Legs are hurting a little bit, but uh, motivated, more motivated than ever, I'd say, and excited to be taking part in this really cool event. Yeah, and when looking at where PTO started and where it is now, I mean, the amount of credibility they've brought to, I think, to, to professional athletes, but also to the sport. Uh, talk a little bit about what you've seen from PTO from the beginning. Well, in really tough times, too. I mean, this couldn't have been the worst time to possibly start trying to do something like this. So, uh, I mean, huge credit to them for sticking it out, really, and and helping us. I mean, I think a lot of us relied on them through 2020 anyway. Uh, and so now it's kind of our opportunity to, to pay back a little bit yeah. and to show that, that, you know, professional side of triathlon is a, is a legitimate sport is a, is a bonafide professional sport is an entertaining sport, has some great personality, some great rivalries, which I've always known, but now is our opportunity to sort of show that to the world. And I believe that's kind of the business model, right? Is, is, is founded on that premise right. and that the world will appreciate what we have to offer. And uh, I'm excited to take part in that. What's fun is you've been doing a, a when it comes to rivalries, we've got you and you know Sebastian Keenley, and lately you and Sam Long have had some some really good races. And obviously, the tri battle with with you and Jan Ferdano. Did you like the the one on one atmosphere? Just the whole concept of that. By default, I've enjoyed head to head racing just because. I suck at swimming, or I have sucked at swimming. I'm trying to change that terminology. Oh, no, look at man! I've been looking at your swim times: yeah, forty nine minutes, fifty I, minutes. I'm, I'm developing at swimming right now, and so by default, I've had to get good at head-to-head racing because I would come out of the water with a big deficit, and then basically do an individual mm-hmm. time trial, and I had no choice. I couldn't care about how much power it showed right. on the bike and say, "Oh, that's way too much power. I'm going to blow up and not be able to run." Because if I thought that way, then I would never have been able to make it in the sport of triathlon. And so, um, you know, for better or worse, I think it made me a better athlete having, you know, poor swim in the beginning. So I don't necessarily want to change anything, um, but it certainly has honed my skills for this style of racing. So I am actually very excited to take part in an actual head-to-head-to-head format. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, I still, I still would really like to get paired with Jan. I don't know if I will. I, I don't know if the team will have confidence in my legs with an Ironman five days prior, but, um, I would love to, I would love the Ironman's a bit of a different animal. I still haven't fully, you know, figured that one out. And so I did get the opportunity to go head to head with Jan, uh, in the tri battle yeah. and he, he whooped my ass and that's, that's all right. Yeah, but this is a little bit of a impressive. different format. This yeah. is, uh, this is more of what I've, you know, been better at kind of more naturally. And I think I can at least give him a better run for his money over this distance. Yes. The Ironman was always a long shot for me to be able to give him a run for his money. One day I would love to, but uh, just not there yet. You're one of those guys who's constantly learning. And it's funny when I look at just from this weekend, right? The racing Cam Wharf and swimming 49 and riding 412 and running 243 and 749-24. You, you look at... you look at that and those are splits that would win 
99.9% of any race on the planet. And, but you're still in that learning process. What did you learn from that? You know, I think I was ducking guys for a while and not really wanting to go up against the best guys just because I wanted to win, you know, like I wanted like a, a guaranteed win <laughs> and that only gets you so far. And the sport has evolved quite a bit over the last few years, just due to guys like Cam Worf and yes. Jan. And so I went through that period where I kind of wanted to just stay local and do smaller races, but I want to race the best guys in the world now. Yeah. And so I've had the opportunity, literally the last two races, I got to race the best guy in the world, Jan Ferdino, and yes. I got to see where I stand against him across all three disciplines. And I got to race the best biker in the sport. Uh, and I got to see where I stand and I'm still a ways behind, but I guess, you know, I have maybe positive spin on things, but I believe there's still a lot of room for improvement. And I still believe that one day I can compete with these guys. And so, yeah, if I, if you told me five years ago, those times <laughs> I'd say, I mean, that's your day. He, uh, he definitely won. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's sport, right? Is it's progression. And, uh, you know, a guy like Cam, looked at us four or five years ago and said, mm, that's not, it's good, but it's not great. I'm going to elevate that. And the biking is definitely elevated now. And you, and you see this in the races. There's a lot that the, the splits are faster. There's a lot of guys right. closer to each other. Uh, but Cam is still a standout biker. And yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, I had, I didn't even have that bad of power in that race he's just a way better rider than I am. And the nice part about that is it'd be one thing if I had pushed like, you know, like low wattage or whatever, and he just outbiked me, but you know, I push good power, but there is time. The time that I lost was due, not due to power. You know what I mean? Like it's due to his 25 he, years. of well, He's just yeah. an excellent cyclist. Yeah. It was a fairly technical course, not super technical, but like a city type course. So there was a lot of corners. I'm not used to the European roads, which are very narrow cobblestones, all these sorts of things. And he's just, just, you know, those are things I think you can get better at with practice. Am I ever going to be on his level? Probably not. You need to be, you know, riding with pro tour cycling teams right, and, right. and riding grand tours and stuff. Um, but certainly I can reduce that gap and become a better cyclist. And so those are, those are nice parts. If on the other hand, you know, it was just, he pushed 40 or 50 more Watts than I did. I'd probably never be able to do that, you know? So yeah. this thing is something I think I can correct and get closer, but you would never know this stuff if, if Cam wasn't there, right? He actually wasn't originally no. on the start list. No, you would have dominated. And I would have learned nothing, literally. I would have been like, great race, man. Good yeah. job. Yeah. But now I know where I stand, and uh, I, I'm excited to, to try and improve upon well, that. Well, and just this, this year, your improvement has been pretty marked. When you look at just your running, your running just looks better. You, you, you look like a runner now. What's, what's happened? Well, I think I just deteriorated. If you if you saw me, you probably just didn't see me in the beginning. I mean, I think I, I didn't look that bad in the beginning. I think what happened is I didn't appreciate that if you don't take care of yourself, you deteriorate over time. And I just beat the crap out of myself and didn't do anything to, you know, try and prevent my legs and body from tightening up. And so now I really believe in stretching after every single every, yes. every single bike, swim, bike and run session, I do a full stretch. And I've I've certainly watched my range of motion improve. Uh, and so I think that's important and I will always keep that now. And if I could go back, that's something that I would have told my younger self to do is to, right. to not allow that range of motion to deteriorate. 
and then the big one in terms of the you know cordeline i cordeline i had i ran a 353 marathon which was only 17 seconds slower than my literally ironman debut in 2010 as an amateur yeah and you know i'm a professional i do this every single day and i ran 17 seconds faster than my first time with absolutely no knowledge whatsoever and it was you know it was a very difficult experience for me mentally to grasp that and to me it was clear to say it's nutritionally related and so um i had just had a misdiagnosis of problems that i've had for years now i've had the same problem literally even in kona 2017 when i when i had my best performance on the island uh i still was by the time I got onto the Queen K at Polani, I was like three quarters dead. Like, like honest, honestly, I'm like fighting, not walking. And I still have whatever it is at that point, 16 miles yeah. to go. Yeah. But I always followed it up with a cool race. And I, and then I would do like some time trialing training in the time trial. And then I'd have a really good race in Arizona. And I'd be like, Oh, that's what I did. I just needed to do more time trialing but it was always a nutritional issue. And I had misdiagnosed it going into Cordelline as uh, not enough carbohydrate. But after more diagnosis and a lot of consultation with a lot of experts, uh, I, I found out that most definitely what I experienced in CDA anyway was uh, you know, hyponatremia, dehydration, huh. and basically from you know, severe lack of salt, which then even the stuff I was drinking, I wasn't really absorbing. And I mean, that's just a biological limitation. There is no level of mental strength that is going to overcome the, the uh, substrate with which your muscles function right. and fire. And so the muscles literally stop firing. And that's what happened to me in CDA. And I, I was at a point where I was having to hold, literally hold my back up just with my hands on my quads because my back was starting to not work anymore, the muscles in my back. The beauty of that is, what was it? Three weeks later... I was able to completely correct it and run uh, one hour and three minutes faster off of a harder bike and a better swim. And it was purely, I actually reduced the carbs significantly and increased the salt, basically double. Yes. Uh, and, and literally it made me able to exercise again. And, it's, and then one step forward, this, this rest, which I believe was a better performance than tri-battle in terms of absolute numbers across the board, uh, I just continued in that direction. I upped the carbs a little. I upped the sodium a little. And I actually feel pretty good. It's the best I've ever felt after an Ironman. And, uh, you know, the next day, very, very active. And I've already, you know, I'm going to go for a bike after this and a run. And usually I'm absolutely destroyed after an Ironman. And so uh, we're moving in the right direction. I'm not going to say I got it figured out, but uh, we're moving in the right direction. And the nice part is, the sport just keeps teaching and teaching, and there's, you never learn at all, and that's what makes this thing fun. Well, that, what's fascinating is uh, you, you remind me, uh, Scott Finley won Ironman New Zealand and immediately came through the finish shoot and asked for a pad of paper and wrote down everything he ate. All his thoughts. Everything. And, oh, no, everything funny. he ate at every mile, right? Uh, and did the exact same thing next to Ironman and blew to the moon. Right? <laughs> so it's like every single yeah. day, it's different. Yeah. Right? Your body is different. Well, the that, conditions are un- different. Undoubtedly, you have to understand the underlying. This is definitely something I learned because this, these last two races have been quite cool and CDA was a lot warmer. And you have to understand the underlying processes so that you can make decisions on the Mm -hmm. fly you have to be able to make decisions you have to be able to listen and understand what's happening and not let it get out of control because if you get too far down that path of dehydration you will never get it back you can allow yourself to go down into the hunger path a bit and you can 
you know, your body's amazingly receptive to carbohydrates when you're low carb, mm. but your body will not be able to process the necessary salt and water when you allow that to get too far. So you need to be understanding what's going on under the hood yes. and what's going on out there and able to make decisions on the fly and may make adjustments and also have the tools to make adjustments. I had salt inside my thing in the event that I felt like I needed more salt. I had salt inside of my pack in here. Yeah. I had extra carbs if I needed it. And, uh, you know, you have to be able to make adjustments on the fly. Actually, one of the mistakes I made was I didn't have enough carbs on board on the run. I only had two vials of my gel flask. Yes. And I should have had three and the aid stations were so far apart that I was out of my onboard nutrition by about 25 kilometers and the aid stations were so far apart that I probably was only consuming, I would have to estimate maybe 30 grams of carbs in the final hour. And I mean, I made it to 37K. I had the deficit down to a minute and 15 seconds. And so I had 5K to go and I was on pace basically to tie. And I literally, I was just out of energy. And I know it's carbs this time because my muscles were still functioning and I could mentally push myself. But when I got to the finish line, this is the first time ever in an Ironman, I was hungry. Like I was, mm, is that French fries? Like, honest to God, that's literally what I was thinking. That is the first time ever. Usually I'm so sick and so like oh, yeah. horrible feeling. Yeah, you don't want to. That's because do it again. I'm so severely dehydrated and right. so depleted. And this time, next morning, I weighed exactly. So on Sunday morning, I weighed 160 pounds. Monday morning, I weighed 160 pounds. And usually it takes me after CDA. I didn't go, I weighed. 158 the morning of the race. I'm sorry, 162 the morning of the race, and I didn't go over 158 for almost a month. Really? Really. You were that I was, I, something changed inside of me. Like I said to, to my wife, Aaron, like, I don't know what happened, but something changed inside of me after that race, like something, and I can't get it back. And I just think it was like very, very deep well, You depletion. were basically cooked. My <laughs> eyeballs hurt for three days after because I was whatever is how oh, yeah, the, the sun's level of dehydration degrees. and uh it just was uh something i'd never like to experience again but anyways I, I think i've learned the lessons on that one uh maybe knock on wood on that because i do make the same mistakes multiple <laughs> times it appears but i'm trying not to do that anymore it's funny because when we chat sometimes you get you get the impression god uh, you talk about Coeur d'Alene, but when you look at this year between Galveston and St. George and the the challenge with Jan and what you just did um, here in Copenhagen, you've had a phenomenal season. Hey, 2020, we stopped racing, and I said, when racing comes back, I'm going racing, and this season ain't over yet. Things are looking like they're going downhill a little bit, too, with races, so I'm going to start to up this race schedule, too, because if they take it away from us again, I I'm going to make sure to get my racing in, so... What I might thinking? put myself on a couple more start lists. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if yeah, I should Ross say next it. People week. are going to get on. crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw they canceled Ironman Canada, and they put Chattanooga, Chattanooga. on. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. And yeah. definitely doing California. So Oh, okay. 2021 is the year of figuring Ironmans out. So in my mind, as a goal, as a life goal, I really look up to Jan. And Jan, and in, like, in my career, became the man mm -hmm. at 34. And that's the year that he, he was in St. George and whooped my ass. Right. And then, uh, you know, was uh, excellent both in Kona and in 70.3 uh, Worlds. And then obviously went on and won three world yeah. titles. But, and but, blah, yeah, blah, blah. but I'll be 34 next year. Yeah. So that's why I say that. I, I want to try and follow a similar progression. Yeah. And at 34, I would like to have uh, as much of this stuff figured out. And 
Unfortunately, as you see in these races, you can train all you want. Unfortunately, unless you do Ironmans in practice, you have got to go out and do a couple of Ironmans to understand and actually execute them well right. and understand that's now you're getting it. Now you're doing it right. And another experience, for instance, from this one on the weekend yeah. was on the run. This is my second best run I've ever done in Ironman. It's my best since 2016. And on the run, I literally ran with a dude, uh, Yvonne Yarage from France for 10 K and we talked Talk, just like this, literally like this for yeah. 10, the first 10 K that's how easy you have to be running yes. for the first 20 K. I, it was easy. Like I'm running easy. I'm like, you're going to blow up. Trust me. You will blow up. You know, you're, you think you're running easy right now, yeah. but you're going to blow up. And I still blew up and I was literally talking, nose breathing. That's like experiential, you know, like I'm never going to be able to experience that other than to experience it and believe it because you go, you know what I mean? Oftentimes you're like, oh, this is too slow. This is too slow. I got to go faster. And no, no, you need, it's the opposite. The whole Ironman marathon, you're like, slow down, slow down, slow down. Right. No one has ever, the final 5K been like, ah, oh, I feel so good. I wish I had to run the first 25K faster. N no one has ever said that. No. And so I almost, I felt, I almost had it, almost had it. I made it to 37 K and I didn't blow, but I still blew. And I, and I was literally chatting for the first 10 K. So, uh, you did keep right. learning, you keep did learning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I, listen, I remember when Jan dominated, it wasn't the year he broke the course record, but another, another year he won in Kona and he's like, God, you look so in control and so easy. He says, I was thinking about, I thought about dropping out 25 times, yeah. you know, 15 in the bike and another 10 in the run. I didn't know that I could finish this race until it. So from the outside, mm -hmm. you could look great, but you're still going through those self-doubts inside. Everybody does. I had a lot of self-doubt in this last one. I mean, that is the most mental struggle I think I've ever had. And it's due to Cam Worth, basically, because he 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 rode so much better than I rode. 402. And, I, and I didn't even push bad power. And uh, it was just... He, he, he broke me, mentally broke me in every way possible. He ran well, too. He ran great. He's a great athlete. I mean, he's, 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 he's a lot of talk, but he's a lot of back it up, too. And you can't. I like, I really like, I mean, he's a much different person <laughs> than he is publicly, like, behind the scenes. It's, oh, he's a good guy. He's a very good guy. Um, but he broke me. And that's the first time I've been like broken, broken like that. Cause I was like, I'm not even going to do the run. I'm like, I just can't really? do this to myself like because, anymore. Because Literally. he was that far ahead of- uh, No, of it wasn't about him. It was just, I was felt like such a pedestrian biker. Like I was like just mentally defeated. And I, I it's amazing how the mind works. I'm like, I'm like, I think I made the throat's a little bit sore. I think my, I think I have a, s a sniffles in the nose. I think I'm getting sick. I think I'm going to drop out. I mean, I can't do this to myself. <laughs> Honest to God, this yeah. is what's happening to me. And I'm on the, it's just, it's also the beauty of this whole thing because, you know, I'm sitting on the bench and this is what has been going through my mind for literally two hours. Like I'm dropping out. Okay. Maybe I'll do the first 10 K then I'm going to run to the hotel. And I, this is not a joke. I was mentally prepared to have my first DNF in this race and yeah. never DNF. And I'm sitting next to David please. And he's like, so you know, how you feel? And I was like, horrible, absolutely horrible. I was like, I think I just done too many Ironmans in a row. And he's like, oh, I did Frankfurt last weekend. And I was like, that just brightened my mood as I was like, oh, I can't complain. I can't, I can't make any excuses. He's going to be suffering too. Yeah. And so I just went out there and like I said, had that conversation and 
got out of my mind, really, because yes. yeah. I was just trapped in my own mind. And then I just enjoyed the day and had fun. And but anyways, Camworth broke me mentally that one. So I got to go back and work on the mental game a little bit because... He yeah, but you know me. what? We, <laughs> I don't want to be broken like that again. We we see it all the time, though. I remember a couple of years ago after Jan had, you know, had won and Patrick Lange took third, right? That and I think it was going into seventeen. When we interviewed Jan at the show in Kona, he was so skinny, and you could see what was going on. He was thinking he broke the course record in the run. I've got to run faster, which means I have to get skinnier, right? And what happened? And that's, that was a year he had the back issue. And I think he was just, you know, became vegan and everybody does it. Yeah. There is a big social component too, for sure. That's why I try and stay off social media. I try not to know what anybody's doing to be honest with you. So I don't get into those types of things. In this case, the, the, the breaking point from, from my perspective is the bike is where I thought I was closest to world class. Right. Like that I, was the weapon. Yeah, I mean, That's the bike weapon, is yeah. the one, and I still, I still believe that is the case in terms of raw power. Unfortunately, if it was, you know, if it was up the side of Mount Lemmon, literally just pure watts per kilogram and no technicality whatsoever, I think I would be really good. Yeah. But it's not that. It's, it's watts and CDA, and it's bike handling, yep. and it's using the bike and riding. These are all concepts I actually don't even really have much knowledge of. I just know about but the cyclists know about, like actually have real knowledge of, right? Pro cycling yeah. and, and very good cyclists about how to like ride the road and stuff like that. And I don't have any knowledge of that stuff. I would like to learn more about it. And so once again, you do one of these races and then it's like, oh, whole world of opportunity is still out there to learn and to grow. And I hope to never lose that. And uh, that's what I keep coming back for. And you know that Cam, Cam knew that, Hey, I, he Lionel thinks of himself as a great cyclist, and I need to show him today that I'm a better cyclist. Oh, he tells me he's a better cyclist <laughs> just about every single day in the, in the direct messages, and it's not a it's not a joke at all. Actually, um, I was I took solace that I at least could show him that I'm you know a you little bit of a better runner. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I took solace in that. I love it, but. Uh, he was making fun of my swimming too, and I swam right on his feet next to him half the time. So suck it. Kid. Yeah, exactly. You love it. Hey, Lionel, always a pleasure. What's it going to mean to you to take this thing home? You have to put it in the overhead. Somehow. We are the underdogs to take that bad boy home, but uh, I think with the right matchups, and I think if we can all rise to the occasion, I may be the sacrificial lamb. We'll see, but uh, that would be pretty cool. That would be real fun. The first team real team event in yes. long distance triathlon. That would be pretty cool. And it's a momentous occasion, I think, to show that professional triathlon is an entertaining and oh yeah. Uh, to the to the global obviously the Olympics does that, but for long distance I don't think we've been able to really show that we are an integral piece of this puzzle, the professionals in my opinion. I couldn't agree with you more. And that this is this is going a long way towards taking us Absolutely. to the next level. So I love it. We have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah, and you've done so much in the last few years just bringing new people into the sport. I really appreciate well, what you're you doing. Huh? I love it. It's the best. Lionel Sanders has been our guest celebrating again. This is Breakfast with Bob from Challenge Championship and the Collins Cup right here. Lionel and uh, Team International will be bringing this puppy home. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. See ya.